busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Got a chin check recently, and um, I am elite grandbaby enough to admit, okay, um, I could have did that better. <laughs> I could have, oh, I learned something from that. Okay, great. Uh, so we're going to apply that later. I want to talk to you about frustrations. Hmm. Yeah, let's go ahead and just uh, dive right into it. So I, because you know I try to say stuff where I am ensuring the protection of other grandbabies across the globe. How do I say it? I am a very strategic person. I am a very orderly person. I have a spontaneous side, but for the most part, I really, really, really work best in order. I don't know if it came from childhood and the fact that I had a very militant upbringing and mother, but I do not do well in disorder, chaos, confusion, E, all the above. I just don't. I don't have, I don't have the tolerance and I also don't have the gifting of looking over it. I have the mindset that if I am a part of something, whatever it is, it's going to be done in excellence on my end. And I also need to ensure that there is some form of order in what I am partaking in. I probably the reason why I don't go to a lot of people's houses because um, doesn't work well for me if everything is all over the place. I did that as a kid. I'm not doing it as an adult. I'm not. Uh, you don't want to have your house in order. That's fine. But the disorder is going to irritate me. So I'm not going to be over there. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, but what I'm finding Whew, as I become more and more wise, is that I also don't do well with disorder on the job. Yeah, like I'm going to need for everyone to know what they're supposed to do. I'm going to need for there to be a manual just in case there's any confusion. I need there to be a policy. I need there to be something so that if for whatever the reason someone needs to take over or help out or what to do, that it's just not A, all in your brain, B, this is the way that you do it, and C, that everybody's hand is in the pot and it's causing confusion, I don't do well. I'm a natural-born leader, and as a natural-born leader, I know I have some inkling and some insight on how something can be done in a strategic way that gets the end result done. I know how to appoint. I know how to relinquish. I know how to delegate. I, God just gave me that. And there's no class I could have taken. There's no whatever I could have listened to. I'm just at the point now that I am clear that what is apparent to me is not apparent to everyone else. I'll let you know where this is coming from. When I had the cooties, right, and I had to be out of work for two weeks, um, I came back to complete and utter mayhem, chaos, e or the above. And it frustrated me so bad that I had to have a sit down with my superior. And I just, I think I forgot to bring my professional with me because I was just so peeved that real talk just came out like I was talking <laughs> to my superior like I'm talking to you you understand um and I said in that sit down that if my current house wasn't 
under contract, this I would have resigned today. Because how can anyone sit in a seat and allow for the things around them to remain in chaos? How is it that the only learning mechanism is to hit my shin and then, oh, let's put something in place because there's nothing in place to prevent me hitting my shin in in the future. I don't do well with pain being my only prerequisite to wisdom. You understand, this is not how this is working. And what was relayed to me was that is the reason why they hired me, to put processes in place to put order to put structure because they knew that I would be able to do that but what and as much as a yay and whatever kind of I guess I guess you can take that as like you should take that as a compliment as much as I wanted to do that what I heard from my perspective and my experience was continue the pain full learning mechanism because it is producing things that we didn't have prior to you. Yeah, no. So in my frustration, I was like, yo, let me go to another organization that has the same systems as we do, that has in in the same unit, and let me just shadow someone else. Like, I can't sit around and not see greatness happen. I can't sit around and have the, this is the way we always done things. I can't sit around and continue to even elude to the fact that I don't know something, but this is my career. This is the seat that I sit in. I cannot continue to do that. When I was a new mother, it was not okay for me just not to know something. Because, you know, this is the first time being a mother. I went out and sought the information and sought the wisdom, whether it was a book and I'm not a reader. I'm not a leisure reader. You're just not going to put something in my, ooh, this looks like a good read. I'm not interested. That's not the person that I am. But for me to get the wisdom needed to perform well in the task that God assigned to me, I'll book read. I'll ask a doctor. I'll ask multiple doctors. I'll ask other parents. I'll ask grandparents. I will go to whatever seminar. Like, I will do whatever is required of me to do to gather the wisdom to perform in greatness in the seat that God trusts me to be in. Never, ever, ever will there be any title, category, what have you, that God will put me in that I will be comfortable saying I don't know and just letting that be my resting spot. No. No way. So in that meeting with my superior, I was peeved. I was extremely upset because I'm like, okay, listen, Mm-mm. okay, this is new to me, but it doesn't have to remain that way. Why is there no, and I'm throwing out different things, and how come we're not doing it, we should be doing it, this, that, and the third. And finally, I just came, She, what was told to me was, I cannot lead you in this space because the person before you pretty much was just doing whatever she was doing. She was getting it done bare minimum, but she was getting it done and she didn't give me the questions and the insights that you're giving me. So this is new for me, the person before her, you know, and she gave me the thing about her and this person she knew she was knowledgeable, didn't her tact and personality didn't work well for the department. But again, that wasn't someone that was coming back saying, hey, how do we do this thing? What do we do kind of thing? That person just did their own thing. And so what was relayed to me is you're frustrated and I know it, but I don't have the answers for you. 
And so the things that you're coming up with, the questions that you're producing, the processes that are coming out of it, like you're creating forms and things like we haven't had this in years. And so what pacified me in that moment was I have a heart that does not allow for me to continue to push a rock to produce blood. Once you are clear on who you are and what you're able to produce, I am clear on how much I can ask of you. Because I think that is the human compromisable thing to do. If a dog told me, listen, it, it has nothing, it's not personal, but I can't meow. Like, I can't. Um... As much as I would want to to ease you in some type of way, I can't. I will no longer push a dog to meow. I would no longer do it. I wouldn't look at the dog differently. I wouldn't feel any different. I would just be clear. You're requesting something of someone that they cannot produce, and that's bullying. That is unfair. And I don't care how much you look at a dog and you're like, yo, I saw videos on whatever social media platform is my fave, of dogs saying, I love you. And you mean to tell me you can't me And you can push and you can push, but what that is is bullying. I don't care what you see in a person. I don't care what you feel like, you know, if you believe and you just muster up and you ask God and you can do all things. If that person is clear on what they can and cannot produce, you now have a decision. Do I continue to bully you, a.k.a. push you into the greatness that I see that you can do? Or do you accept, you know what, respectfully, I understand now, and I will only expect from you what you know you can produce. That way, everybody's clear. But the beautiful part is, mm, less than 30 days after that conversation, my superior came to me and was like, listen, I went and looked up what county was producing the best in the field that we're in. And Forbes magazine pretty much put this particular county as the best in this particular career field in all the state of Georgia. I spoke with that particular superior over there, and we are scheduled to shadow them next week. Bruh. <laughs> You talk about Christmas in the soul, I can't explain to you without the big vein coming in my forehead how excited I am. I felt like she told me, you getting ready to get four more birthdays this year. I can't take it. Are you kidding me? And I was so excited. And I was, ooh, I mean, I'm I'm still, I'm getting goosebumps now. Look at my arms. Look at my arms. I'm talking about super grand. Grandbaby, like I want to cry. I want to nervous fart. I want to do all the things, right? And I can't. And I just don't know which one to do first. But what came to me was: Do you realize that the prerequisite to your excitement, to your relief, didn't have to be frustration? I was like, "Time out! What you're not going to do is pop my bubble. <laughs> not for free. I can't let you do that. So don't disrespect me, ma'am. Me. Um." But what you mean by that? It was like, no, like, like, do you understand that the only reason, I mean, like, let's really look at it. Let's dissect it. You were frustrated and you had a conversation that expressed your frustrations. 
And then out of that conversation, produce the whatever you needed to not be frustrated again. But you know, you could have identified your frustration, had the conversation prior to being frustrated and still yield that same result. And I was like, wait a minute, what are you saying? Because I be clear, because sometimes you'd be wanting to riddle me this, like what that means. Okay, well, let's just go ahead and just be real, real, like ABC, do, re, mi, K. It's like, first of all, don't call me stupid, but continue. Um, Frustration, the definition of it from the new Oxford dictionaries and the bishops over there. Frustration is a noun, okay? And there's three definitions, but I'm only going to read the first and the third one. So the first definition is, no, I'll read all three because I know you're curious. Okay, first definition is the feeling of being upset or annoyed, especially because of an inability to change or achieve something. Hmm. The feeling of being upset or annoyed, especially because of an inability to change or achieve something. Heard you. Okay. Second one, an event or circumstance that causes one to have a feeling of frustration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the third one, the prevention of the progress, success, or fulfillment of something. Mm, heard you. <laughs> heard you. So frustration is just the emotional response to a lack of progress or uh, trying to produce something, whether it's change, whether it's achieving, whatever it is, it's seeing a block to something, seeing a, a, a hurdle, a closed door, a whatever, something that is not so clear as, oh, okay, that door is locked. It's like, no, the reason why I can't get to that door is because there's barbed wire, there's a dog, and then there's also mud and water along the way. And these things are preventing me from getting to the door that I want to get to. That's frustrating. Frustration is not the obvious, oh, there's no Chick-fil-A here. <laughs> GPS led me here, but there's nothing here. Huh. Oh, then I guess it must have been here and it just moved and shut down because there's clearly nothing here. It's not even a gas station here, so I don't really know where GPS got that from. It is something else when you're real, real hungry and you want to get the Chick-fil-A and the line is 30 cars wrapped around and the irritation, and you look inside of Chick-fil-A and it's um the line is also uh 30 people around and the frustration of, but I am hungry now. You want me to sit in this line and see, you see what I mean? It's something preventing from you getting to where you want to get to, to resolve or to remedy the hunger or whatever the fill in the blank is for you. And so what was shown to me in that moment is you could have just very well went to your superior and said, hey, listen, I know myself well enough to know that I can't continue to produce in this way. I can't continue to only learn something or be made aware of something once something is done inadequately and then oh you know what next time we'll do this I'm okay with that being you know something that happens here and there I am not okay with that being my only teacher while I sit in this seat this can't be a continual circumstance that is okay because it is literally painful to me which is why I equated it to be me hitting my shin yeah out of all the spots that I can hit on my body the shin is the one that makes you go ha, ha. 
Yeah, as you're going down. Yeah. So that's the part I don't, that and my pinky toe. I don't want to, that's not fun to me. Mm-mm. Yeah, you are asking me to continue to get paper cuts and then go wash my hands. Like, it's painful. Although I learned, ooh, that creates a paper cut. I, I'm still the one that's experiencing the pain because you guys have been doing it this way for so long that it's not painful to you anymore. It's just a way of working. And I don't want to clock in or sit in any seat where the bulk of me learning something is painful to me. If it's painful to me, but just normalcy to you, only one person is uncomfortable. And I refuse to be that person. So I was like, hmm, okay. So going back to the definitions, the feeling of being upset or annoyed, emotional response, because of an inability to change or, re- or achieve something. An emotional response because of something you can't get to. That's the first one. Two, an event or circumstances that causes one to have a feeling of frustration. Okay, so again, a feeling because of a lack of being able to accomplish something. Heard you. The prevention of progress, success, or fulfillment of something. That's still an emotional response because of. Because of. So I wanted to get ahead of that. I wanted to get in front of something before frustration had even the inkling to arrive. So I thought about in the Bible and I was like, Holy Spirit, lead me to a place that um, frustration was alive and well. Okay. And he was like, oh, definitely want to bring you to Moses in numbers. I was like, really? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, what happened to him? Read it. I was like, okay, wait, are you angry at me? Because he was like, just read it. I said, okay. Um, Let's go ahead and just read. So pretty much in Numbers 11, the people were complaining to Moses. Oh, the Israelites. Why you brought us all the way out here? Why we don't have no meat? How come? Because before we was living real, real good. And then now, I mean, all right, so let's just go ahead and just start from verse 1 because I can't even try to give you the paraphrase because the Israelites were annoying, okay? Uh, verse 1, Numbers 11, you know, I read from the NLT version. Soon the people began to complain about their hardship, and the Lord heard everything they said. Then the Lord's anger blazed against them, and he sent a fire to rage among them, and he destroyed some of the people in the outskirts of the camp. Two, then the people screamed to Moses for help. And when he prayed to the Lord, the fire stopped. Three. After that, the area was known as Tabra, which means the place of burning, because fire from the Lord had burned among them there. Pause. Okay, so y'all know real clear, you starting to irritate God. And when you frustrate God, people, uh, it don't go somewhere for people. So if that wasn't an example of like, maybe we should be doing something differently, maybe that should have been your cue. But you know what? You're the Israelites with an Egyptian mindset, so probably going to read some more about you, shall we? Four. Then the foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites, began to crave the good things of Egypt. And the people of Israel also began to complain. Oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. Pause. Be very careful of who you let close to you in this thing called the journey of life. Because if not careful, the very thing that God gave you, the very blessings that you were very excited about before, people will have you craving things from the past that God relieved you from. 
oh, remember that one relationship with that dude and he used to, oh, remember, oh, girl, and we used to have the connect because. And so if not careful, you will overlook the present thing that God is doing in your life because somebody else is reminding you of something that you used to have. And what they don't know is that God relinquished you and released you from that for a reason. Yeah, you had meat, pause, but you were a slave then, okay? Yeah, you had whatever edible situation that you want to go ahead and bring up, but don't forget the circumstances that you had to endure for that one little measly come up. You thought having pork ribs was beef ribs. You you thought having a turkey and Swiss real quick. You, you thought that was a come up. So you will put yourself in that condition again just to have that one 15 minutes of on, on a plate platter situation. Yeah, so then you're more Egyptian mindset than I thought. Yeah. Okay, but let's continue. Uh, five, Rem- we remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. We had all the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic we wanted. Six, but now our appetites are gone, and all we ever see is this manna. Hmm. But can I ask you something, Israelites? Who else seen manna before you? No, like who, where else in the Bible did God actually rain food uh, just enough that it will keep you fulfilled uh, and that it was happening every day? Anyone else got that? Oh, so you special, special. But you allow someone else to journey along with you to kind of remind you of what you used to have. That should have been the perfect time for you to remind them and yourselves like, yeah, but what God's doing now, no one's ever seen. Yeah. Like the meat that y'all used to eat that constipated y'all every now and then, mm-hmm, cause you're not supposed to eat that. Cause it don't go well with your um, ethnicity or your gastrointestinal situation. But like that, like, yeah, that was before, like we've been there, done that, but no one can ever say that they received what God is actually doing for us now. Hmm. You remember that you had that one job that used to pay you like and used to get the extra bonus. Yeah, but no one can understand the freedom that I feel in my position now. Yeah, I was getting headaches over there. I was getting stressed out over there. I was almost to the brink of asking my doctor to get me FMLA to get out of there. Like there was so much happening in there. I saw the checks, but you didn't see the stress it did. You didn't see the things that it was doing in my life. So, yeah, while I may not be making that particular amount over there, you don't feel the relief that I feel in this present state. Oh, but you remember when you used to drive and we used to let the top down or whatever. Like, yeah, I understand that you saw the car that I used to drive in or the house that I used to have or the place that I used to rent. But what you don't know is that, um, yeah, that burden, that financial burden every month, it was doing something to me. So what looks like a downsize to you now, you don't realize that it's actually the come up to my peace. Yeah, I'm not house poor no more. I don't have a, a, a mortgage that on wheels <laughs> that y'all call a car that I'm not trying to pull up to no gas station and put all of that because the gas guggling, okay, of the 93 that this car takes is outrageous. Yet yeah, to repair was like, ah, ooh, how much is that? And I knew that having that feeling every time did not produce 
the long term, like what you saw as ooh, I saw as ah. Like you understand? So we having two different experiences, but what you're not privy to is what God's doing for me now. That should have been the conversation. But what did the Israelites do? You know what? You're right because we used to have fish for free. And, and let me read verse five again. We remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. But can I explain something to you? Y'all wasn't free. It's amazing to me how you remember the parts. You remember all the little bits and pieces of it, but you don't remember the picture as a whole. You were eating for free because you were not free. <laughs> Hello? Good morning? Anybody here? I, I, what? Let me explain. I, I can't do um, Egyptian mindset, people. I just, mm -mm, it don't do well for me. Because it's contagious. You had a foreign rabble travel with y'all who were craving some things where they used to be, who cannot partake in the new thing God is doing for you, and probably he's not even going to be able to go to the new land, milk and honey, where God is taking you. But you allow for their previous mindset, their Egyptian mindset, to hop on you? How? How? Like, mm -mm, I just, okay, let's continue. Verse 5 again, I'll go back. We remember the fish we used to eat for free. And we had all the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic we wanted. Six. But now our appetites are gone. All we ever see is this manna. Seven. The manna looked like small cardinier seeds, and it was pale yellow like gum resin. Eight. The people will go out and gather it from the ground. They made flour by grinding it with hand mills or pounding it with mortars. Then they boiled it in a pot and made it into flat cakes. These cakes tasted like pastries baked with olive oil. Nine. The manna came down on the camp with the dew during the night. Ten, Moses heard all the families standing in the doorways of their tents whining, and the Lord became extremely angry. Moses was also very aggravated. Eleven, and Moses said to the Lord, Why are you treating me, your servant, so harshly? Have mercy on me. What did I do to deserve the burden of all these people? Twelve, did I give birth to them? Hold on, pause. Moses, careful, you, you owe Dan. But you know what? Frustration will do that. Frustration will bring on something in you that spills everything out of you and you forget who you're talking to. Be careful. Yeah, don't let it get to that point with your wife, sir. Don't let it get to that point with your husband, ma'am. Don't let it get to that point with your uh, pastor, your parents, anybody in authority. Yeah, don't don't let it see what happens is can I say something to you? Can I just like read your mail a little bit? People who do that are actually people who don't like expressing when they're uncomfortable. They usually have the mindset of like it'll get better or you know what? It's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. And what you don't realize is that everybody has a frustration uh, capacity. Yes, yeah, a frustration meter. OK, and everybody has one, a, a, a line. Some some have, you know, it's a little bit greater, higher than the others. Some is a little lower, whatever the case may be, but you have a line. The way that you can prevent from talking out the side of your mouth, the way that we say in New York, to people that you should not be doing that with, okay, um, is to go ahead and discuss the matter before it even becomes frustrating. 
Because now, Moses, you asking God, uh, you talking to him like he's one of your homeboys and you should be careful. You don't know his wrath. You literally just asked him, did I give birth to them? Hold on. Wait a minute. He knows you didn't, sir. So you can't even birth. You're a man. You're a sir. So, oh, now you're being sarcastic because now your frustration is making you say whatever comes to mind. And so now you want to be witty. Moses, calm down. Ma'am, sir, need you to calm down too. Okay. All right. Everything's okay. All right. 12. Did I give birth to them? Did I bring them into the world? Why did you tell me to carry them in my arms like a mother carries a nursing baby? How can I carry them to the land you swore to give their ancestors? 13. Where am I supposed to get meat for all these people? They keep whining to me, saying, give, give us meat to eat. 14. I can't carry all these people by myself. The load is too far, too heavy. 15. If this is how you intended to treat me, just go ahead and kill me. <laughs> Do me a favor and spare me this misery. Ooh, Moses. What you doing, sir? Sir, what you doing? You talk out of... Oh, you, you talking reckless. You must have been frustrated, frustrated. Oh, you were super-de-duper frustrated. But then look how, look how God goes, goes ahead and... Just move on. Uh, 16. Then the Lord said to Moses, Gather before me 70 men who are recognized as elders and leaders of Israel. Bring them to the tabernacle to stand there with you. 17. I will come down and talk to you there. I will take some of the spirit that is upon you, and I will put the spirit upon them also. They will bear the burden of the people along with you, so you will not have to carry it alone. Pause. End. Selah. Moses, you know the thing about frustration? It helps you to <laughs> see how much time you wasted. All that time you kept a closed mouth. All that time you decided, nope, not that big of a deal yet. Nope, not that big of a deal yet. Nope, it's ooh. But you, but yet, it's not um, a, a a deterrent. Like you can't. There's a time frame to yet. Is dinner ready? Not yet. That means that eventually dinner will be ready. It's just not ready yet, right? So if something is not frustrating yet. That means that, oh, you recognize it to be a frustrating asset or uh, aspect right now, right? It's just not at its full fruition of frustrating you yet. So as soon as you can recognize that something is frustrating, why don't you say something? I feel like instead of Moses saying all oh, that little uh, grimy, did I birth them? Why you want me to carry them like the way a mother carries a nurse and baby? How come? And you, yo, yo, if you was going to do all this, you might as well just go ahead and just let me not breathe no more. Like you should just go and repeat that in the name of Jesus, but you might as well just go ahead and just. And God didn't even respond to any of that. What God did is show you exactly what we all should do. God honed in on what the frustrating factor was. The frustrating factor is that you no longer want to be in complete control or the one-man band anymore for these people. Cool. Then let's go ahead and resolve not your emotions, not what you're feeling, not let's go ahead and hone in on the issue. So go ahead and bring 70 men of respectable caliber and all of the the spirit that I had on you, 
I'll go ahead and put some of that on them. Do you know what that goes to show me? That goes to show me that Moses was more than equipped, more than equipped, come on, Holy Spirit, to handle that particular assignment. God put so much spirit on him that he told Moses to go ahead and call out 70 people so that he can take some of the spirit off of Moses and give it and spread it among 70 other people so that they also can bear the burden. So that means that it could have been the 70 people or Moses could have went ahead and said, listen, real quick, can you remind me or can you do something within me? Because the spirit was already on him. There was enough spirit on Moses to carry that entire burden by himself. Moses could have went ahead and just told him, I don't want to do this no more by myself. That could have been the conversation right there. Lord, real quick, I can see this getting annoying in the future. And I don't, I don't want to do this all by myself. Can you do something about that? It wasn't about his feelings. It was, God didn't waste no time to be like, listen, Moses, can I say something? Listen, I anointed you. You remember what happened at the burning bush? Moses, real quick, like, no, like, I need you. Remember when you went to Pharaoh and you? God didn't address his emotions at all. God addressed the issue. The issue is you don't want to do it by yourself no more. Cool. Then call seven. This is what you do to go ahead and let's resolve your frustration. Just like with me and my superior. I could have walked in the office and was like, listen, I can't continue to learn that way. I know me. And at some point, this is going to become an irritant. So is there another way that I can learn? Shadow someone else, uh, a seminar you can send me to, some type of, uh, I don't know, Google some type of tutorial for me to look over on how to, like, give me a virtual experience. Give me something else. But this can't be my only learning mechanism. Can you come up with something else within this particular time frame? Because I don't have it in me to continue to learn that way. And I think that she would have gone ahead and been receptive to that. It didn't take me to say, you know what, if my house wasn't under, then I would have resigned and blah, blah, blah. Like, all of that was just emotional, 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 just like with Moses. Did I birth these people? You want me to carry them around? Or this is what you're going to do? Emotional, emotional. Why don't we just get to the fact or get to the place that we learn ourselves enough to know that's not going to work? And before I feed into it emotionally, I'm going to go ahead and make it real clear. Hey, listen, um, if y'all are going to smoke around me, please don't invite me back out. No, like, I rock with y'all heavy. Like, I ain't going to hold you. Um, but I know me, and I don't want to be around that. So if you're going to do that, then just go ahead and omit my invite. I, I wouldn't even hold it against you. I'm not going to hold you. Instead of every time you go out, every time I go out with them, I'll come back smelling. Like, why are you doing all that? Can I can I tell you the mature way uh, or the remedy to frustration? Go ahead and identify the the problem early because frustration is just the emotional response to what you already knew. This ain't the first time the Israelites was complaining. You read your Bible. We all the way in numbers now. <laughs> okay, the the Israelites been complaining since they knew how to talk. Okay, great. They complained for four hundred years to the Lord, then they got released, and they've been complaining since then. Complaining is their um love language. You understand? If you truly want to resolve to something, cut through the emotions. That's why in my wisdom, right before I met my husband, I was very clear on um, who I wanted to date it and how I wanted to date and what I wanted it to look like. I ain't waste nobody's time. Hmm? Real quick, let me ask you something. Um, and I asked the questions that were important to me and based upon their truth, 
it was like, oh, that might go hold you, big bro. Yeah, because I got to the place, and this is just my own personal situation. I got to the place that I wanted to let people know, you're not touching me until we're married. And I knew that was a tall order for most, but I knew that it would eliminate the people who weren't supposed to be there. And so once I said that, and it was, so, you know, is this out the question too? Sir, does it have um, uh, three letters that mean intimacy at the end of what you're asking me? Yeah, like none of that. Like what you, okay, so let me put it to you in kindergarten terms. Whatever is in my undergarments and whatever is in your undergarments can't meet each other. Okay. Yeah. So that means that whatever is probably going to make you think that our undergarments should know one another, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Um, the only time in your presence that that would be even, uh, that you would even know anything about my undergarment is because I'm going to the restroom and at a restaurant that we're going to like, so if, which, so you mean we can't like, oh, okay. Um, young sir, have a nice day. So if I came or, or I went to a job, right, and I interviewed, I was asking very specified questions because I wasn't interested in wasting my time. What's the work culture? Um, what, what is the work culture like in here? Because, And I said literally because I know that I'm an asset, but I also know that I only grow in nurturing environments. Are there any quotas here? Oh, I can't do it. Yeah, because I don't want to go to work every day with a contingency on, 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 like in front of me. That's too heavy for me. So once I learned what things are going to frustrate me, a.k.a. what things are a waste of time, a.k.a. anything that's going to produce emotional reaction out of me, because imagine I took a job with a quota. Some people thrive well in that. I don't. And then let there be a slow month or something happen. And I'm getting, now I have an emotional frustrating response to something that I already knew. It's slow and it's getting, but you already know that when it comes to sales and quotas and everything of that nature. So why did you even put yourself in that predicament? No. So then don't do that. You see what I'm saying? My challenge to you is to be big girl and big boy enough. Okay. To identify the issue. Frustration should be demolished because all it is is an emotional reaction to what you already knew. What you are being privy to, but it definitely wasn't a surprise to you. Moses didn't say, are y'all complaining? They've been complaining. He's been used to that. He was just over it now. But you knew the first time that they complained, I'm not going to be able to keep doing this with them. It's, it's like a million plus of y'all. I'm not, mm-mm. I already know. God, real quick, so what do I do in the future when they start complaining like this again because it's going to annoy me? Oh, you going to give me a right, right hand, man? Oh, you going to give me several? Cool, that works. That works. I ain't going to hold you. That works tremendously. Be big girl and big girl and big girl. <laughs> I know I want to be stuck on girl. Be adult enough to understand yourself enough so that you know something has to be put in place because if this is going to be my forever, if this is going to be for the next season of my life, I know it's, I know that it's going to cause an emotional response that we identify as frustration. 
ask God, just, just cut to the chase. Take off the whipped cream, the sprinkles, the cherry, get all the way, just get to the nectar of the cake and say, I don't want chocolate anymore. Is there, what can I do to start getting closer to vanilla? Not, I think I deserve it out of everything that everybody else is doing. I see, oh girl, ain't following you the way, and I'm praying for, and can we get past that and just be like, real quick, I want vanilla. What do I need to do to start getting vanilla? Because I think I'm going to, if chocolate is all I'm being served, although I love it, and it's starting to lose its flair. So what do I need to do? Low-key God, like a uh, single hood, I ain't going to hold you. It's not terrible. But I know that in my heart, I truly do want to be a wife. So what can I do to go ahead and start putting some stuff in place while I'm starting to get some quality candidates, okay? Um, God, I want to be a husband. I don't want to believe every girl's a thought. Uh, and so if you can just start making me see some quality women to actually make me want to crave commitment and marriage and all that over again like that would be great real talk um I know everybody in my family I don't got it and you gotta wait till the next paycheck but what can I do to make sure that that's not the way that I live my life because that's gonna be frustrating I don't want to see stuff that I really want and that's within a, a decent price range and I can't afford it I can go ahead and tell you now I listen I don't want to you're gonna make me start looking at ways to you know be a scammer I don't want to do that Lord so what can we do to make sure that um the thing that I'm craving there's no hurdles to it and if I see a hurdle I'm gonna say oh God what, what can I do to get out of that what can I do to not to make that the, the uh lyrics to the theme song of my life I don't, I don't like that line how do, how do we um rewrite the chorus on that because everything else I'm enjoying but that right there I ain't mm -mm. just keep it a hundred with God keep it a hundred with yourself why put yourself through anything that you have to go through no, just, mm -mm, I'm not going to be able to do it. I know myself. And know yourself well enough to eliminate, move, adjust, whatever you need, and go to God and be 100. I'm going to tell you now, I'm not going to be able to do it. Because I did an assessment of myself, and I know, and that's why I'm going to always bring up Lot. I love the fact that when the angels told him, bro, I need you to run all the way over there, he was like, bro, I ain't going to hold you. Let me just run to Zor. Because that's what he assessed that he had in them. There's nothing wrong with telling God how you assess yourself. I'm not going to be able to do that. I wish to goodness Lot's wife said, y'all said don't turn around. Okay, real talk. <laughs> you got some earmuffs, some earplugs, because I am nosy. You understand? Y'all going to have to give me something because as soon as I start hearing the crackle on the pack on them pops, I'm going to be like, what they doing? And I'm going to look over my shoulder, and then now I'm going to be somebody's Lori seasoning. Mm-mm. I'm not even going to set myself up. I'm nosy. I know it. So you're going to need to um, put a blindfold on me real quick, put some earplugs, lock. Can you hold my hand? And you're going to have to run, and I'll be a runner. I'll be a track star. But if I hear it, I'm not going to run far because I'm going to turn around and see what y'all doing. And next thing I know, ooh, you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to give a freestyle right now, but you, you understand what I'm trying to say? Listen, I feel like you got what you needed. Stop playing with me because you be, <laughs> whatever. You know what these conversations are, okay? They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not a, the average person's going to have with you, but who your favorite homegirl, okay? Now that song is in my head. Great. Listen, I need to go ahead and um get something to eat because sometimes I get so excited talking to you that I forget to get nutrients, and I'm, I don't want to be that grandbaby, okay? But I'll talk to you later, all right? Later.